I would well imagine after uh, four weeks of my being here at this Mass straight in a row, you're probably pretty tired of hearing from me, right? <laughs> no, thank you. That was the answer I was looking for. Actually, because of my wedding schedule and that, that's why this has all happened. But uh, next week, and for the next two weeks, I will be uh, away on a pilgrimage with the Archbishop to Fatima and Lourdes. Um, and last year when I went, I offered the possibility for those of you who would like me to take your prayers with me uh, to do that. Uh, it was very, uh, I didn't realize what it would do for me last year when I did that and, and took your prayers along and I read them and I, I prayed about them uh, both at Fatima and Lourdes and then I left all of those uh, written prayers at uh, the foot of the, the statue of the Blessed Mother in the grotto at Lourdes. There's a place to do that. So those of you who would like me to uh, Take your prayers along with me. I would love to do that again. Uh, just drop them by the, uh, the office in an envelope, or you can email them to me, but get them to me by Thursday because I'm leaving Friday, okay? Secondly, uh, I'd like to introduce someone to you. Um, this parish has been um, honored and privileged and has been so very, very good at taking care of seminary interns uh, that we've been given another one. And I'd like you all to meet uh, Jonathan Gunther, who is, uh, will be with us. Looks like Father James's brother, doesn't he? Yeah. So uh, John, John will be with us for the next year. He is uh, actually in seminary at the North American College in Rome, so it will not be the same sort of thing as with Robert and others before, where he'll be here for a year and then be able to come back with us. We probably won't see him again until he's ordained. Uh, but it's good to have him with us for this year. I think it, again, is a, a privilege and an honor, and, and the Archbishop is saying something very important by and trusting us with, uh, uh, with John to, to help him in his formation and moving towards uh, priesthood. So this is a, a good thing for all of us. You probably uh, remember, it hasn't been too long ago, um, there was a, a Verizon commercial, and the words were all, can you hear me now? And of course it was an opportunity for Verizon to uh, plug their product. Uh, uh, and that question, it was being thrown around a lot in, well, even here, you know, once in a while somebody would even say that to me. Um, and there were funny things being said about it, some serious things as well. But it would, it would be a challenge, I believe, to find a better line to express God's relationship with every, every single generation beginning with Adam and Eve. You know, God makes every effort, every effort, to keep in touch with us. God is, is present to us 24-7, every moment of our lives, but, but do we hear him? Do we take the time to quiet ourselves down to pray? And I know that's kind of difficult with uh, all these large families and lots of kids and all, but it's important to, to pay that close attention. In a very real sense, you know, God has been asking in every age the same question of humanity. Can you hear me now? And the prophet Isaiah, whom we heard from this morning, he, uh, he offered the, the leaders of his day many different signs. Many different signs of God's presence. And yet, they, they still demonstrated a very, very weak faith in God. Isaiah preached for years to the people, 
preach the word of God among them, and with little success, he he didn't move them very far towards repentance, towards a, a solid commitment to the Lord. And there were consequences to that that we hear a little while later in our scripture. You know, we have to just open our hearts and our our ears, our minds to to hearing what the Lord is saying to us. God is always asking that question, "Can, can you hear me now? And then St. James, in, his sec- in the reading that we heard this morning, or the, as the second reading, he makes it very, very clear that he was addressing the same problem. So he's reprimanding the community for ignoring some of the members and giving preferential treatment to others. And, and of course, they're, they're looking at the way people are dressed. You know, I don't know about you, I don't know if you've ever had the same sort of experiences that I've had when I've gone to buy a car or when I've... You know, I was a few weeks ago down at Macy's looking at furniture, and I was, I, I've done, if you go in looking like a bum, nobody pays attention to you. You go in there dressed really nicely, and they're all over you. you know, it, it says something about our human nature and, and, you know, everything about us that we pay attention to the people who are dressed better or, or looking better in life, instead of to all as the Lord calls us to do, no matter what their circumstance or look happens to be in this life. You know, clearly, this community that James was writing to, um, they had some trouble listening to the Word of God and, and then putting all of that into practice. James could have posed the same question that God has posed to every generation. Can you hear me now? And then our gospel presents us with a a great detail about a miracle that Jesus performs. And this kind of detail actually demonstrates very well the, the fundamental problem in the relationship between God and and us and, and humanity. You know, God winds up having to go through all kinds of elaborate steps to, to do what? To reach our ears, to, to reach our hearts. And he has to, to do that in, in, in miraculous ways sometimes because we present such great resistance to him. But today I want to take a few moments to, and I would ask you to hear me as I talk about something that, that you know, we present God with some resistance to. And this is September. And I think we all know by now what September means. It's an opportunity for us to talk about stewardship. And, and so I want to do that for just a little bit today. I'm not going to go on for the 24 minutes that I went on last week, and somebody made sure they reminded me. And, and I'd like to put this in the context of baseball. And we all know that to score a run in baseball, and it doesn't matter whether you played hardball or softball, the runner has to touch all four bases, right? We, are, we learned that very early as kids. So the disciple and the steward of Jesus Christ must also touch four bases to merit being called a Christian, to merit being a disciple of Jesus Christ. So the first base is this. God asks us to receive his gifts Gratefully, 
And, and everything that we have is a gift from God. That's one of the things I was trying to get across last week. In all his gift, whether it's life, health, our freedom, our energy, the, the beautiful colors that we enjoy, the blue moon, even, you know, even sauerkraut is a gift. And it's important that we, we receive all of those things gratefully from God. And the second base then is to tend and to nurture and to cherish God's gifts responsibly. So to take everything that God has given us and, well, make something more out of it. Each of us has the responsibility of, of naming our gifts and becoming responsible for the development of those gifts. A few weeks or a few years ago, I should say, we we uh, undertook a, an exercise on something called strengths. Uh, it's a Gallup thing, and, and it's not some wacky and, wacky and weird thing, that uh, new age stuff, but it's, it's about getting in touch with how God has created us, how uniquely God has created us. And then when we, when we learn that and when we understand that, then, then what, do we, what do we do with it? How do we take that and, and make something more out of ourselves, out of the faith community that we belong to out of the, you know, your, your neighborhood, etc. And, and we're going to be starting this up again, so I, I just ask you to pay attention to that. And then third base. Third base is that we are called to share God's gifts justly and charitably. And, um, you know, sharing, sharing is another name for what? For love. And that's what we're called to be about. That's what it means to be a Christian. Sharing God's gifts justly and charitably. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if folks are really in touch with this, but in the Old Testament, you know, that, that idea of the tithe, that was justice. And the tithe was to the temple. And so you had to uh, be a just, you could only be a just person by contributing to the temple for the temple's well-being. Charity did not begin. In other words, the care of our brothers and sisters until we got beyond the 10% tithe. And, and so, I'm not saying tithe here, but think about you know, what, what it is it that you're doing with the, the gifts that God has given you. And then the fourth home plate for all of us is to return God's gifts abundantly. And we believe in a God who can never, never be outdone in generosity. And that, quite frankly, is the basic principle of stewardship. God has given us everything. How do we respond? Last week, my uh, point, and I, I tried to do this with the school kids on Friday, is that you know, God has gifted us first. You know, we're not supposed to be giving to get something, but that's human nature. All of us work in order to get some pay. We go to school in order to get some grades. We play out there on the uh, volleyball court in order to get some scores. You know, it's all about doing something to get something. And, and that has formed us in a very human way, but not in a very godlike way. Because if, if God has given everything to us, what we are merely doing is returning to God gratefully what is not ours, what is gift. And if we can 
get that figured out in our minds and our hearts and our lives, then, then things are just so much better for you as individuals, for your family, for uh, this parish community, and, and beyond. And so in this month of September and October, we're not gonna, we're not gonna beat you up with stewardship this year. Uh, if you remember to our previous practices, uh, two weeks ago, we would have normally done a financial report to the parish. And I'm asking that you just take a look at that in the bulletin. Uh, it will be in there shortly and, and see where we are. And, and, you know, and I'm very grateful to all of you for putting us where we are. Um, and in these weeks ahead, Father James will be preaching this next week. Well, we will have some witnesses. Uh, it's just to help folks see that, yeah, other people are doing this. Other people are living this. And um, hopefully through prayer, lots of conversation in your home, uh, spouses with your children about all of this, um, you know, we can see what happens. And then uh, that second weekend in October, we'll ask folks to, uh, to make a commitment for this coming year. Uh, to all of you, please know that I am uh, eternally grateful. Um, last night I was at dinner with some folks and one of the people said, do you like us now? <laughs> I love you very, very deeply. Uh, this place is a great parish community. And um, another conversation we got into was, well, you know, uh, will you be leaving us? And it's my intention to stay here until I retire. So uh, some of you may not like that, but uh, hopefully we can get to love one another a little bit more. And um, again, over these weeks, uh, just open your hearts and uh, open your ears and uh, see what happens with it.